The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your radio target is locked, and you have reached strike point. Webmaster Radio's microphones stretch out across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, Webmaster Radio presents Strike Point. Welcome to Strike Point, the one and only explicit show on Webmaster Radio. Uh, today, you have me with you, Mikkel Demip Svensson, and we have a replacement for Dave because he decided to throw a party at his home today. Um, and so with me today, I have Jason Duke. Welcome, Jason. Hi, Mikkel. How are you, sir? I'm very good, and it's very, very noisy here. Mikkel, no problem. You shoot off, and I just waffle on like a madman that I am. Dave taught me well, so I should be okay. Um, I just will need a nudge from Eddie every now and again, though, to do with the ads and stuff. So uh, help me out there, Eddie, if Michael has to shoot. <laughs> That's fine. So um, how was your week, Jason? Um, a week's been a long day this week. Um, I, I'm over in my Polish office at the moment in uh, Eastern Europe. Um, a long, hot, sticky day today. Um, I'm here in the office on the phone chatting away and loving every second with the Strike Point crew. So thank you very much indeed, Mikkel, for uh, inviting me along this evening. And, ah, oh, here we go. We've got, everyone was complaining a moment ago that the feeds had gone, but it seems like it's back for everyone now. They can hear you, they can hear me. So that's the important thing. How's it going over there, Mikkel? It's actually going pretty well. It's so hot. I mean, it's been so... The sun has just been burning all day. I'm feeling almost like I'm in Texas, except there's no cowboy dudes around. But it's like... It's like burning hot for you Americans. It, it, we're doing in 80s, 90s. In the sun, it's even... In the, in the high 90s, it's, it's really, really hot. It's, I actually like it, except that I have to be indoor and I have to sit around all my even hotter computers and they're struggling in the heat. And, yeah... <laughs> Keeping all windows open, then it's, 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 it's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you what else is hot this week. Is Google's hot this week, Mikkel. Yeah. Um, Google have been in the news like they are most weeks. Um, two things have really stuck out for me this week to do with Google. Um, one of them's their Firefox extension. What do you think about that? It, well, actually, uh, you brought it up when we were talking uh, about it earlier today, and, and, and to be honest, I hadn't really got too much time to look into um, to it this week. But, but generally, the, 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 the privacy concerns regarding Google these days, it, it, it is kind of funny, you know. Uh, like, uh, uh, every time these days Google is doing anything that could implement some kind of a, a privacy concern, people are screaming and shouting. And every time Microsoft does it today, nobody even recognizes it. <laughs> it. It is kind of funny because going 10 years back or even five years back, it was just the other way around. Every time MSN or, or Microsoft did anything, you know, everybody would scream about it, and uh, and Google could get away with just about almost anything, and and it really turned around. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying I'm I'm not concerned about privacy issues. I think that that especially most a lot of Europeans are, are concerned about privacy issues. I know that laws in, in in Germany are a lot stronger than than most laws in the world about privacy issues, and 
And I think, you know, to some degree, people should be concerned. But, you know, to some degree, it's also a bit too much sometimes. Because, I mean, first of all, the kind of data that can be collected with these kind of services and and implications that have that that is not already recorded in some other way with with, with you is, is, you know, well, I'm not sure. How do you feel about it? Yeah, you know, I, I, I semi-agree with you, Mikkel. Um, I, I am semi-concerned with Google collecting more data. I understand why they want to provide the service. If I was a shareholder in Google, or rather, if I had more shares in Google, I should say, um, I'd say it was a good thing um, because I can believe that them collecting more data, locking people in, understanding the way that people search and browse and integrate themselves with not just the web, but anything and everything that they do online, whether it be with their new spreadsheet using the data there with number crunching, the calendar, email, obviously, sure sounds like an office to me, um, an office clone. Um, it, is, is, it sounds like a good thing. But then I think again and go, if I'm a user of, a potential user, would I want to give my data away like that? Would I want to... Uh, Google, and to be fair, any other company, to know the intimate details of everything that I do online. There's a third perspective as well, which is really where I have to ask the question, because it's what keeps the roof over, not just my head, but yours as well, Mikkel, and many other people out there. As a search marketer, how does it affect us? Is, is it just more of the same give Google data that they probably may not use in a nefarious manner to integrate directly with the SERPs today, but they almost definitely will tomorrow at some point. And what? And the question has to be raised, what do you do to combat that? What do you do to stop it? Even today, there was um, talk over at Threadwatch from UK GIMP. Um, he was made a post over there that if you run an AdWords campaign, now as a non-SEM guy, um, other guys and girls know much better about these things than I do, that... If you click back, when you click an AdWords in the search results, it's coming up occasionally now. Um, they're asking for feedback on the advertiser. Does it mean that if you're running a pay-per-click campaign that part of the overall algorithm for deciding the trust factor and therefore the cost per click that you pay is what someone thinks if they click backwards on the SERPs? That there are lots of questions, Michael. I don't know the answers, though. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it, a long time ago, I just recall that we had an interesting chat about um, the fact that uh, the founders of Google uh, actually uh, uh, seem to have had a very strong interest in data mining, maybe even more than search, when they were back in Stanford. And, and apparently they did some, some, some uh, studies in, 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 da- in, in very advanced data mining and, and stuff like that. And um, there, there, there have been... There have been some uh, speculations that um, building Google may not be about building search at all. It's, of course, you know, a conspiracy theory, but it's a good one, so let's have it anyway. <laughs> uh, that Google wasn't, wasn't really built to do search, but it was built to collect data. And, and I saw, and I can't remember where it is, so, so don't, don't even ask me to try and find it again. There was an article some time ago with a guy trying to calculate 
uh, on some of these uh, these uh, questions and and you know saying what is the data worth? Let's look at the kind of data that Google can collect through various means, and that was before. Uh, the, the, the online office products and, and Gmail and all the other stuff that, that came along after that. Uh, what are the data worth? And if you look at the, the, the potential of the value of this kind of data, if you data mine it to the, to the fast extent that you can, if you yeah. crunch and analyze it and for any kind of, of logic that you can, you can find, um, that, that data is worth a lot. And I mean, no, a lot, I maybe so agree with you, a Michael. lot more than searches to Google. So I mean, the conspiracy theory holds to the to the point that that it is very valuable for them to collect these things, and they're not stupid. They're not being stupid, so they're not collecting this kind of data for nothing. Of course not. It costs a lot of money to collect this kind of data and store it and data mine it and and and, and make it useful. So of course they're not doing it just for the fun of it. Um, so. In that sense, you, you could be concerned what they want to use it for. Uh, you know, first of all, I think they will use it to try and make more money. They will use it to try and target advertising better to users, connect the right advertisers with the right users to gain more money from, from, from this advertising media that they're running. Uh, and, 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 it, and if they use it, to serve more relevant ads to me and remove ads that, that I have no interest in, then it may not be that bad. But, of course, then the big question is, who gets access to this data? We know for a fact right now that, that, that such data will be, um, will be uh, handled under U.S. Uh, laws, and they have, as far as I understand, I'm not a lawyer or anything, but as far as I understand, especially with the new terror laws uh, that, that uh, not only the U.S., but also in Europe got in place, they can get access to this kind of data if they want. But one thing, I do want to stand up for Google here. Do we remember it wasn't that long ago that um, the government, the U.S. government specifically, um, because I'm a Brit in Poland, you're a Danish guy in Denmark, so let, let's say the government we're talking about, we're asking for data from lots of big search companies, and Google were the guys that stood up and said no. So I yeah. do want to give some, some thanks to Google. Um, they did say no. They are still fighting it. So although there are people that are saying in the chat room that Google's evil and Google has gone way beyond evil, um, uh, Ogletree, it's Jason D. I'm, I'm just a skinnier version of Dave with a proper accent rather than the northern one. Anyway, I apologise about that. Um, what, what, what I will say is that the, the evilness of Google um, is even hitting the mainstream press. Um, over here in the UK, there's a, a, a financial website um, known as The Motley Fool. And I think they've fooled.com and they've gone international with various things. Even those guys, the guys over a financial-based website, have been commenting this week on how potentially evil Google may be, how they've changed, how they've adapted, what the nature of the web is. And essentially, I'll drop the URL in the uh, chat room in a moment, but essentially they're saying that, um, that Google have changed the web to the point that it's full of junk and it's being funded in the old made-for-adsense style sites. Now, 
It's a lot, lots of people are going to be listening to this, myself included, have said and inferred directly and indirectly very similar for quite some time. But when we get a mainstream online media outlet saying something like this, it really does make you think, hey, you, you know, it makes you look at it, it makes you think, I'm right, we've been right, and do you know what? When sites like this start commenting in this manner, Wall Street's going to start listening. Um, yeah. Let me ask you, Michael, do you think that Google has, whether intentionally or not, changed the nature of the web for the worse, um, and that AdSense and monetization aspects like that have funded it, whether it be intentional or not? And if you do think that's the case, do you think there's a way out for them? I, I, you know, first of all, I'd like to say, I mean, I, I basically agree with you in, in the sense that I, I don't think Google uh, as such is evil. You know, Google is just a brand. Uh, the people behind Google, I don't think really they're evil either. You know, you could say they're greedy sometimes, and you could say they do stupid things sometimes. You know, I criticize them a lot. Uh, I also think they've done a whole lot of good things. I'm coming back to that. But I, I don't think you could really truly say they're evil. You know, they do things that may eventually turn out to have evil uh, implications. But I don't think they, they, they sit down and say, how can we do evil things today? How can we terrorize the world and make uh, uh, Jason's life miserable? That's, you know, that's, uh, that's not the nature of... You, you know Google people as well. You know, you've been around a lot of the good guys at Google and, and a lot of the early guys of Google. They're not, they're not evil people. You know, I don't always agree with them, and it is stupid what they do sometimes. But, but um, so, so, I mean, if you look at how they changed the web, yeah, I mean, you bet they changed the web. It, it, it's one of the most successful websites of all time. They, they, they changed the web in a lot of ways, and most of the ways, I think, is good. I think that, that uh, both in terms of how they help push search. Uh, uh, remember how search was before Google entered the, 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 the game? I mean, the search was no, a wow. lot different. They, they did improve it in many ways. Google, as a corporation, are amazing. They're brilliant. They make a profit for their shareholders. And you hit the nail on the head. If we go back to their roots, when we had, what well, the only search engine worth bothering about was, in my opinion, was a fast, the Norwegian search engine at the time, um, an outer fister, which was closely related to that technology-wise. And that just got worse and worse and worse. And then, then these Google boys just came out of nowhere, didn't they? It was... Yeah pure amazement to me as a searcher. Yeah, and fear as well because the game had changed for the business that I was operating in. But but they they really, really, really do um, and have changed the business. Now, someone said in the message room, the search in Google now is as bad as an outer vista in the day. No, oh, no, he's changed his mind. He's saying the search in Google were never as bad as an outer vista. In some marketplaces, Mick, I think you're uh, probably wrong, pal. Um, but I'm, I'm just looking at my watch, Michael, and I'm going to defer to you, but I think the sponsors deserve some airtime. Is that correct? Yeah, I actually think you're right. We're just talking over here as usual. So uh, let's, let's uh, give the sponsors just a second, and then please uh, thank our sponsors as much as you can and go and use them. They are the ones keeping this uh, show live and free, so we all can enjoy it. So hit it, Dave. Or Eddie, sorry. <laughs> 
Sit tight and don't move. Strike Point. We'll be right back. Ooh, that won't do. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. You wouldn't just tell your web hosting company to just give you the next available random domain name, so don't do that with your phone number. A toll-free number that matches your company name or service can be invaluable and give you an instant nationwide brand name. Try the free vanity number search engine at tollfreenumbers.com. But don't wait, because 1-800-YOUR-NAME may never be available again. Tollfreenumbers.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents Inspirational Moments by David Naylor. So it's like kind of like have this medium rare steak, and in the UK that's like pink in the middle. This this frog is like still mooing, so it comes over and it's like the manager's like, yeah, we cook our steaks like a little bit less than like normal people like. Dude, it's like burnt it on the outside and you've left it raw in the middle. That's a fine art there, right in itself. <laughs> I mean, and it is, and it's like, how do you burn something without cooking it? How? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm, I th- how, dude? It's like. <laughs> Tune in for more inspirational moments with David Naylor and Michael DeMint every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now back to Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Welcome back again. I got yet another line, and uh, we hope this time that it's even louder and better than it was before. So how are we doing, Jason? We're doing really well, Mick. When I can hear you at last, this is going to make life so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the end of the show, we're probably perfect, and uh, and that's going to be it. But um, we're doing fine okay so far. Uh, anyway, we were just talking about uh, how Google is changing the whole web, and I'd like to just move on a, a little bit on that and, and the, some of the positive sides, because uh, we keep coming back, and I don't know if you exactly know that one. You probably saw it. It was a, a very interesting movie, a flash movie done some years ago called Epic 2014 uh, with an interesting vision about how the web was going to be and blah, blah, blah. And, but, but, but some of the things that, that this uh, video discusses has already taken place. The fact that, that uh, Google with, with AdSense and now, of course, all the other players too have, have managed to monetize uh, all the little portions of the web, all the little tiny fractions of the web, the mom and pops and the students and people just building small private websites, they're suddenly 
able to make a, a decent pay for what they do. Um, that is to me amazing. I mean, imagine how many people that are that that are, are, are studying in, in universities or, or schools around the world that can now pay their their their, their study by just building a few sites and throwing on some adsense. Um, oh. That is Mick, you're so right, you're so right. And I can't forget all those other guys and girls around the world that are making sites without their, their content. And a lot of it's duplicated wherever it may come from. I'm not going to say that there's people out there that will borrow or regurgitate or use content from other people. But there are lots and lots of duplicate content out there. And you know what, Michael? You actually pointed this out to me earlier. There's a superb discussion going on over the um, SEO by the sea. Um, now, you, you were telling me about it earlier, and I'll be honest, I'm still reading it. But it, it, it is probably one of the definitive articles um, by William Slowski, if I've pronounced his surname correctly, there is second name, um, on what and how duplicate content may or may not be seen by the search engines. Tell me what you think about it, Michael. I think it's a, it's a really good article. Um, we were talking about it just uh, just earlier today, and uh, because we, we we were talking a little bit about what what to um, put on the agenda for the show today, and uh, we talked about all the all the indexing barriers. Because I'm I'm, I'm dealing a lot with large dynamic websites, as, as a lot of you guys know. Right now, I'm dealing with this huge uh, American website, and they just have so many indexing problems. You know, things they do. That are just confusing the websites left and uh, confusing the, uh, the spiders left and right. And then I came around today to this uh, this article by uh, by William Slowski. I'm not I'm not sure I can pronounce that last name correctly, but anyway, where you find it on uh, SEObythesea.com. Uh, uh, and and this article is is uh, is focusing on duplicate uh, problems, and that is that is in fact one of the most common problems I see at the moment especially on, on different kinds of dynamic websites ranging from, from online forums and blogs to uh, content management system and shopping carts and just about anything custom built. Uh, it, 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 it all really comes down to a big headline that I would like to draw, and, and hopefully we can talk a little more about that today, what I call lazy programming. <laughs> mm. oh, There's a whole what? lot of programming taking place on the web, even by so-called professionals, that are to me lazy. It's 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 done in ways where it works, but it's just not good enough. And and what what Bill is pointing out in this article are all or at least a long list. I think how much does he have? He have like ten bullets or eleven eleven yeah. bullets um, of of duplicate content uh, problems. And a lot of this is is right from uh, from 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 dynamic uh, structure of some kind. Maybe maybe we could draw, run down on, on on some of them, um, because you actually have some 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 good ones to remember. I I, I uh, well, one of the areas. I, I'm sorry, Michael, you caught me off uh, balance there. I do apologise. Um, one of the areas um, that he goes on about here, and I have to say, is uh, uh, about duplicate content in general. That's almost touched on there. Um, is is stuff along the lines of scrapers and other people stealing your content, um, reutilizing content, and so on and so forth. And, it, and it, uh, I, I've been caught out by this in a public, very public uh, aspect where I was accused of that. Um, and, ha, 
Yay! I'm a spammer. These things happen, though. It was a legit site. I'm sure there's quite a few people there that will remember when that happened last year. Anyway, one of the things I would say is how do, how do I think engines pick up and try to define what is duplicate content? Forget about what page is more important than the other. What's the original author? I'm going to throw in um, a very, very, very basic explanation and get a bit geeky for a moment, um, if that's okay. And it's a, to do with uh, what's generically known as n-grams, n being a number, and gram, G-R-A-M. It, it's a way of looking at things. We'll, we'll take content for a moment, a content on the page, and splitting it into components. You could have um, a six-gram, shall we say, so the, the six would be the, you'd break it into six individual components, and the component could be words. And if any six words keep reappearing, that may be a fingerprint, shall we say, that uh, is used to identify uh, uh, duplicated content across the web. It may be a six-paragraph, a six-page, it may be URLs. It, it could be anything and everything. Was, but as a, as a philosophy, and if you were to search for Ingram, Google's actually pretty good in this uh, SERPs, actually, to be fair to them. Um, there's some documentation there that can uh, assist and help in, in what these things mean. It's what I believe the, the well-known site, copyscape.com, uh, uses um, lots and lots and lots of automated queries um, over to Google. Cause if, I, if I remember rightly, Michael, and please correct me if I'm wrong, when Copyscape launched as a site, they were one of the first sites to use the Google API when it launched and were way above their allotted allowance. And a Google guy said, no problem, here's a special ID, carry on using it. And from that, they built themselves a great, a great search engine, duplicate content search engine that helps a lot of people around the world in trying to find duplicated content, uh, whether that be um, through bad coding, bad foundations of building a site. When you build a house, you've got to have those sort of solid foundations. When you build a website, you should do the same. Or through the various other, and the SEO by the C article gives some great examples of, uh, of the ways that duplicated content may be found. Now, I'm waffling on lots here, Mikkel. I think it's time for you <laughs> to jump in and to shut this dodgy structure up. <laughs> One point, you know, it, 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 an important thing to remember about uh, duplicate content is that there's various kinds of duplicate uh, content. Uh, one kind is the one where you have multiple URLs pointing to exactly the same pages. Uh, this is this is what I was referring to before. is a very common problem in dynamic websites where you have multiple ways to get into the same content. One of the one of the very common uh, um, uh, problems is in in, in discussion forms and block systems or content management systems, most of these systems, uh, uh, if we go back like five years, they all had these long, ugly URLs that no engine could spider or, or would spider. Um, and then they realized uh, some years ago they had to rewrite these URLs into something more user-friendly and, and, and search engine-friendly. So now most of these systems come with built-in user-friendly uh, URLs. And that's all fine, except rewriting the URLs into search engine-friendly URLs don't automatically block the original URLs. So if there's just one person who link to the unwritten URLs or unrewritten URLs uh, and a spider grabs that link, then they can come in and spider the entire site on the original URL structure, and now you have two different URLs pointing to the exact same content. Uh, in, in, in that case, 
it's easy technically to find out or identify that this is this is a total match because it is totally uh, identical. Um, and there's other uh, there's a ton of other ways where a system can produce multiple URLs pointing to the same content. Um, that's one way of having duplicate content problems. And the other way that you were uh, talking about with the uh, Ngram analysis is when you have uh, uh, almost identical content. And I think that's really the part that is most confusing to people. How 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 equal, <laughs> how how much of the same content can you have on the same page and not be be, be trapped into dupe filtering? I think that's really the biggest question for most. And I don't think there's any black and white answer to that, really. But I think some of the analysis you were talking about may help to shed some light on that if, if you have uh, problems yourself with that. Uh, I, I agree entirely with you there, Michael. Um, it's one, one of the very famous ones is WordPress by default. It will uh, uh, structure your site in a search engine friendly manner with the archives and the year, mm. etc. But it will still work if you link direct to it. Um, I know Dave, Dave Naylor, who's not here tonight, Dave N, Big Dave, um, with his big party and his big house he's having because he's a big lad, has got himself a big new blog on WordPress as well. Um, I know Dave will probably listen to the podcast on this, but can I just say, and I hope you don't mind me butting in with this, Mr. SEO book, Aaron Wall, that was very, very kind of you to lend Dave your template for his site because it looks superb. <laughs> very kind indeed. Do you think there's a duplicate content issue there, Mikkel? No, I mean, design <laughs> usually doesn't trigger dupe problems, and, and I'm pretty sure that uh, you won't find the kind of posts that they have on Aaron's site. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a feeling you're right. Uh, that Dave is a touch, I can put a bit, bit more fuck me left, left, fuck me right rather than Aaron. Um, Aaron Aaron's more tactful than uh, Dave. David, uh, Aaron, Aaron is so polite. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely guy. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I see we got uh, a, a golf, uh, a rather a pool ball wearing black mask, gimp style person just entering a chat room, and uh, I'm just looking there, and uh, I'm actually waiting for a, a message back from uh, Mr. Intern, um, who's going to give me a little nudge when the uh, advertisers should be getting their break. So I'm going to remind you, Mick, all there with uh, that, and. Uh, yeah. I think I think we take a few more minutes. Uh, they, they they had the time. They're going to get more time. We still love them. <laughs> uh, as long as they've got the time, because they're the guys that pay. So don't forget to go and visit them, everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and 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 to be honest, I think we got some pretty cool uh, sponsors. I mean, the fact is that uh, not to break off from from today's topic, but I mean, to, the fact is that doing this radio show is such a new thing. Uh, it's a new media, and most of the advertisers that jumped on the wagon to support this show didn't know, they didn't know for sure whether they would get value for money, you know, truly. They did it because, well, this is a cool new thing, we want to support it. So these sponsors are really true uh, supporters of, of, of this radio. So back on track again, uh, we like the sponsors. Um, yeah, we were talking about uh, uh, the dupe issues and, and the various kinds of, of, of duplicate issues. For WordPress specifically, I like to point that out because so many of you guys out there are using WordPress. I'm using WordPress a lot too. There, there is a, a, a plugin. You, you, you search for canonical uh, uh, um, issues or canonical URLs. You'll find uh, various kinds of plugins that can be set up to redirect uh, old URLs, uh, uh, the old original 
not rewritten URLs to uh, to the correct URLs. Uh, so, in other words, no no matter what uh, version of the URLs people link to, or whatever version a spider is going to hit, they're going to get 301 redirected to the rewritten URL, the one you want indexed and the one you want link link pa- uh, uh, link popularity uh, for and all that. So, so um, there is plugins for WordPress for that. For a lot of content management system uh, around, there's no uh, uh, prefixed solution. So, so you have to go to your vendor and say you got to fix this because it's a serious issue. Uh, Actually, what I've been, been, been seeing around is that a lot of people haven't yet had any penalties, any problems for this. So they, you know, they come back to me and say, "Well, it's it, it's not a problem because look, I mean, we got great indexing, we got great ranking." And then I have to tell them, "Yeah, well, you do now, but in a week, or a month, or two months, or in a year, you could get hit seriously." And then you're out of the index, and then you have to do a whole lot of work to try and clean it up and get back and all that stuff, and you don't want to do that. So let's get it fixed. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Mickle. There's three main engines out there that drive traffic to most of the sites out there. We all know who they are. They're Google, Yahoo, and MSN. Um, in that order for most people, or as in the available traffic, I actually think that Google and Yahoo have done a really good job at trying to understand what most people would define as a non-search entity URL. The spiders have got cleverer over the years. Um, Whereas with MSN, it could be said that everything is in the URL at the moment. Yeah, Um, Uh, MSN don't uh, don't seem to have the the duplicate filtering and really sorted out yet, (laughs) to be honest. uh, I I, I think that's safe to say that um, they're they're not quite sure what... uh, duplicate content is, but but that's a whole other issue for a whole other time probably. Um, Do do you think, do you think if we were, if someone's launching a site brand new, fresh today, that they should actually concern themselves from the ground up with URL and making them in a search engine friendly manner? Um, Yeah, I mean, it it, it really depends a lot. Uh, I mean, if you can build a website uh, or if you can build a content management system, which is one of the 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 the, the, uh, the strategies that I usually put forward in my presentations about dynamic uh, website, is if you can build a website that only have one parameter name and one value, uh, and the value and name is not too long, uh, then I don't think you you need to rewrite because that's a very very simple structure, except. For certain kind of website, like if it's a commerce website where you have different categories of products and you have different products in these ki- these categories, then it can sometimes make sense from a pure uh, user point of view uh, yeah. to have logical structures where you have shoes uh, slash running shoes slash uh, Adidas HTML or whatever, uh, and and you know from a from a user point of view it makes great sense, uh, but I would not go into rewriting today uh, uh, only for search engines if we're talking one parameter or, or maybe even two parameters, and depending on the total length of, of the URLs. You know what, Michael? I agree with you 100%. And we've spoken about blogs there, and there's been a few uh, URLs posted in a chat room um, to plugins, uh, specifically WordPress plugins.bignuts.com, um, and, and, and some others there from Ogletree. What, one of the things is, as well as... Um, the common sites that are out there, they can get large very quickly. Um, and the bigger the site, the more you want it spidered. Um, is, is, as well as blogs, which were sort of covered, is forums. 
Now, a lot of the big forums out there, the big software packages, whether they be commercial or open source, have had a lot of support from the community trying to fix a lot of those session ID problems, um, oh, yeah. stuff like that. Um, whether it be bulletin or PHP, BB. Um, but one of the more popular ones, because actually I got reminded, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, um, that there is a site that was... In its very early days, when it was uh, implemented as a poll application, I, I was one of the uh, early developers on it, and it's moved on uh, thousands and thousands of times. and become known as Simple Machines, um, yet another bulletin board I think it was also known as. Um, can I recommend a plugin for that, which is um, smfseo.org? Um, it actually takes, and it's the only time it's done it now, is an off-the-shelf way of taking... Uh, of taking that forum and making it in an SEO-friendly manner. Um, lots of these things, but the bigger the site, the more important it is to get that content management system working for you to work with the search engines rather than you work for it trying to bodge and fix the holes with the duplicate content and this problem and that problem and everything else. Um, it, it's small things, and it, it seems silly to do the work if someone else has done it already for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm lazy in that way. You know, I don't want to program anything that other people already did. <laughs> hey, we were talking about lazy programmers. I'm one. Oh, yeah, but, you know, it, it, as long as what comes out of it is good, you know, I don't have anything about people being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, ah, and old man's down in the chat room. Hi, old man, and he's just... Uh, Giving a big shout out for search status of Firefox. It's just released a new version and he's ranked it highly. And of all the people out there that are going to say something's good, old man's a man I'm going to listen to. Um, so the search status uh, plugins, one that I'm going to go and have a search for myself just after this. Yeah, I'll definitely go there too. Well, so maybe go uh, maybe to this is a good time to give our sponsors a, a quick break and then I can grab a, a fresh uh, bottle of cold Coke. And um, so, should we do that, Jason? Oh, it sounds good to me. I'm going to go and have a fag. For you Americans, that means a cigarette. <laughs> Let's run it, Eddie. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be right back. Ooh, that won't do. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types hooker, escort, hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes, one click, great results. Click Tracks, all new version 6. Prepare to segment your visitors and build custom reports on the fly with the most comprehensive and intuitive web analytics programs on the planet. Dan Noyes, president of Zephoria.com, writes, Click Tracks is like a religion to us. We rarely consult our clients on site or campaign changes without first seeing what Click Tracks reveals. Sign up for your free trial today. Your only risk, you may end up in our next commercial. ClickTracks.com, turning your future into a fortune. How do you choose the right affiliate program to partner with? Hey, all we're trying to do is make the most money in the least amount of time. The answer is simple. JoeBucks.com, the world's leading herbal affiliate program. JoeBucks.com is the direct manufacturer, so there's no middleman. This will allow you to make up to 50% the highest payouts on the net and also get paid twice a month. Sign up today and watch your income grow. JoeBucks.com. 
You're brilliant, brilliant. at creating innovative ideas, ideas, building brand value, and increasing customer loyalty. But when it comes to measuring, testing, and optimizing every online interaction, you need help. In the fast-changing new world of marketing, the web is where it's happening. Where it's happening. That's why a powerful online marketing performance management solution is the next major evolution for web trends and for you. Web trends. Web trends marketing lab. You bring the art. We'll deliver the science. Learn more now at webtrends.com. It's no secret. Linking with relevant sites is a dynamic way to enhance site traffic. Avoid using unethical practices to promote your website. Obtain quality, relevant links with linksmanager.com. Since 1999, linksmanager.com has been the leading choice for managing link campaigns by thousands of websites. Editor-based link management software makes relevant link exchange ethical, fast, and easy. No software to install. Free unlimited support. Try linksmanager.com free for 30 days. Accept no limitations. Now back to Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, here's your host... Welcome back to Strike Point and the last 15 minutes of the show. Uh, time is going so fast. Every time we start this show, and now it's actually the first time that I'm doing this with Jason, uh, but every time we start up, I'm like, oh, God, how are we going to fill a whole hour? And then once we get started talking, there's no nothing that can stop us. <laughs> and you, you know what, Michael? I've, I've been, because I haven't done a show with you, but I've done a few with Dave now, I've purposely been holding back where, and I haven't been swearing like I normally do. Um, but I've been thinking, Dave's not here. I'm filling in for Dave. Should I swear more? What do you think? No, I think I think it's okay. You know, we 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 do have our American listeners to to think about as well. And and now that I'm thinking about it, you kind of, you kind of jumped out fast just before the break and said something about a fag and stuff. And I just want to make sure that our American fellows know that it's not a fag. It's it's a fag. It's a cigarette. So he was he, he was out smoking, and you know that's all. So yeah, with, with, with respect for uh, North American visitors, I wasn't just popping out to the back for a, a bit of fun with another gentleman. And for our English uh, listeners, it wasn't meatballs either. It was a good old-fashioned cigarette, particularly a Benson and Hedges, and uh, very enjoyable it is too. <laughs> Can you get them down in Poland? Mm. Really oh, that's good. It's about £5.60 a pack in the UK, and it works at about £1.25 a pack here. And uh, even less if you go to the certain places that give you a discount. So uh, it's worthwhile having an office in Poland just to get your cheap cigarettes. Oh, I, 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 that's what I love about Poland. You can go places and get a discount on cigarettes. <laughs> uh, at, the, at the same time, let me tell you a story today. As I got off at the airport at Gdansk today, I go to the ATM to take some cash out, some local Polish slotty, and uh, go, go to get him a taxi. And I come all the way along, along the Tri-City area from Gdansk Airport, along the coast to Gdynia, where my office is in Świętojanska. And I hope I pronounced that correctly, if there's any Polish listeners. Um, and uh, the cab driver goes 200 slotty. And there we were in my very, very poor Polish and my cab driver's non-existent English, trying to explain to him that a fare is normally 60 slotty, not 200. And I think we eventually agreed on 70. But uh, like anywhere in the world, the funny foreigner gets turned over, and uh, that was me today. <laughs> Even though you go there that often, you still get turned over. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm here all the time and I still get turned over, but uh, n- nothing beats the Polish vodka. And uh, it's, it's the stuff that uh, you can't get into the U.S. anymore. And it's, when it's exported over to you guys in North America, the Polish vodka doesn't have the hallucinogenic grass in it. Um, bison no, grass, exactly. I think it's called. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And, and the price makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever try and drink a pole under the table. Now, that could be a six-year-old girl because you will lose. Oh, yeah. I've, 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 I've done a bit of work in Poland back... Uh, 10, 15 years ago, and yeah, they, those guys, they can drink harder than anybody ever met. <laughs> yeah. And anyone that was at a certain meeting in Manchester will remember that uh, I do like a cup of tea. And unfortunately, one of my programmers here has decided to, he likes uh, PG tips as well. And when I came over here, I forgot to bring some tea with me this time, and it's gone. So I went absolutely mental. No PG tips here for me to drink. And so I'm drinking this funny, horrible local tea, and it just isn't good. And I can see Mick G and L Grey there making some comments in the chat room because they saw what I was like in Manchester when I don't get my cup of tea in the morning. <laughs> but I'm waffling on, Mickle. Bring us back on track, please. Yeah, and, and uh, we, uh, I'm sorry for all the guys from the U.S. that we lost the subtitling for the show. So uh, hopefully you can you can make out a few words. I can see that some of the guys in the chat room are having a problem. Uh, I don't know if it's a bad sound connection or if it's just the terrible accents that we're throwing up here, or it could be a combination. Um, anyway, we're going to jump right into the last part of the show and uh, keep talking a little bit about uh, all the indexing issues. Uh, as I told you today, uh, Jason, I'm working with this uh, large American client at the moment that have this huge website. I think they got like 35 million pages indexed in Google and just about the same across the other engines. And there's just so much crap going on. I'm not going to mention the name of this, this company. Uh, there's so much voice. crap going on on their website. That, uh, you know, I have a whole list of indexing barriers that I use to consult with clients when I work out an, uh, an analysis of, of problems. And, and there's like, I don't know, 15, 20 uh, different, different bullets on this list. Every time I look at a new website, there's always like one or two new bullets to add. <laughs> because, you know, there's so many creative ways that programmers can make it impossible for a spider to access a website. In this case, with this particular client, they have just about 100% score. You know, they charge on everything. <laughs> Oh, it's a nightmare when it happens. I have similar clients. Thankfully, in time, these things are fixable. The reason I say in time is uh, I'm sure you'll agree with me, Mikkel, quite often the bigger the client, the slower it is to move like a slumbering dinosaur. And uh, there's always so many stakeholders involved and uh, a demand set. We need to do X, Y, and Z on the site to bring it back, and eventually it's done. The problem here is that it, it's, I mean, it's like trying to, to, to repair a house after a hurricane. You know, it, it may, you know, sometimes it's like, let's just build a new one because it, it, everything is just, you know, organized in, 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 in a bad way. And, you know, to, to some extent, some of these websites look the way they do because they, they, they build on something that they change and they build something on top of that and something on top of that. And what we're seeing today is really uh, the waste of, of, of the dirt from 1999 and, and build from there. So 
it's it's uh, uh, it's because they they build on a bad architecture from the beginning and it's just getting worse. Um, at some point, it probably makes more sense for some of these companies to rebuild the entire website and rebuilding the data architecture. You, you know what? Let, let me. I, I, when I've been on with Dave before, Mick, I always try and give a, a little snippet of a clue or or something that can help people um, uh, when they're doing their SEO, so on and so forth. I want to try and give away one today, if that's okay. And quite it's one of the ways that we deal. One of the ways, it's not the only way, that we deal when we've got those big companies that we're doing work for, it just doesn't move quick enough to uh, enable uh, the result. And some people are going to look at us and go, oh, black cat, naughty, you shouldn't do that. Others will say, there's no company in the world that would allow you to do that. But it's intense rather than the technique itself. And I called it DNS cloaking. The site, when a human visits there, is going to be served in exactly the same way. But I cloak the DNS in exactly the same site, but in a search engine-friendly manner. Get rid of that duplicate content. Get rid of those session IDs. I find it's a way that helps get the results in the quickest possible manner for our clients. And that bigger the client, the bigger and slower it is to lumber into eventually getting some things done. Cloaking DNS is awkward. It's not a traditional way. You don't look at the IP address who's visiting your web server. You cloak at a DNS level. Google do it, for an example, via Akamai, the Akamai network, the local caching network. It also becomes very hard to detect because of those exact reasons. Um, but it works. It has a lot of nefarious uses as well. Um, but like a lot of things in life, it is down to intent. So hopefully that's a, a, a thought for some of the listeners today. And uh, Tree saying, DNS cloaking question mark. DNS can't cloak actual pages, but it can cloak an IP address. And that's the thing. Uh, I never really played around with DNS cloaking, to be honest. Uh, it, 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 sounds, it sounds very interesting to me. And, and now that you mentioned that you do this occasionally with very big clients that can't move and they need to move and, and all that, it's kind of funny because we discussed, uh, we discussed this uh, a couple of weeks ago in London uh, at the, the conference. Um, the fact that if you look at the, the kind of risk that a company is willing to take, uh, I think it's very clear uh, to me at least that you have very small companies. They don't know anything about SEO, so they don't know anything about risk, so they're ready to do anything that produces results at a decent uh, uh, payment. <laughs> And then, then in the other end, you have the very, very large corporations, and they have no ethics. They don't give shit about anything as long as they get results for their bucks and if they get a lot of good results. It, the ones that are really concerned about all the ethics stuff and all the, 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 the issues about what they shouldn't do and stuff is all the, 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 the companies in the middle, the middle-sized companies that have been spending a little too much time around the forums reading uh, stuff they don't understand half of it and and then they got all concerned about oh but you if you do this you get kicked out of google and blah 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 and they have no realistic sense about what they can do and what they can't do um i don't know how 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 you see it i i, I see it in exactly the same manner you can really break the web down more areas than this, but as a good overview, you've got those big guys, huge brands, that the truth be known is they're going to rank no matter what because they have that offline brand, whether it be existing or in conjunction with other areas. Um, they're pu quite often public companies, could be retail, could be anything. 
you've got the small you, guys. Uh, um, you, in, there's a good. There's just a good question coming up in the chat room uh, from UK Gimp, and 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 how does it how uh, the the DNS cloaking compares to old-fashioned cloaking? It seems that there's a lot of good questions popping up about all this DNS cloaking. So maybe if you okay. could just take I'll, it one I'll step further that, and, and uh, explain. Very very basic level. Now I will say this is some high-end stuff because DNS is uh, misunderstood by lots of people. But I'll explain what DNS is at a, a very basic level. And to any DNS gurus out there, I apologize if I get this wrong. I want to go to a website. Remember, think I'm Mr. Joe Average Searcher. I type a domain name, uh, jason.com. It's not mine. I don't know who owns it. I type it into my web browser, and my computer will go to my ISP, the people who are giving my internet connectivity, go, do you know where jason.com is, what IP address is? And it may say, yeah, you know what, this is the IP address. Because it's been there before and it knows what the IP address is. But more likely than not, it's going to go, you know what, I don't know where Jason.com is. Let me go and ask the .com name server and it might be able to tell me. So it goes off, runs off, goes and speaks to the .com name server and goes, this is .com name server, do you know where Jason lives? And he goes, you know what, Jason.com is, I don't know, but if you speak to Jason.com's name server, which is XYZ.com, it will tell you. And then, go off, run off, get the uh, correct IP address, and eventually we end up at the website. Now, I'm being told here, um, it's, I'm being too technical, and uh, I'm also being told I need to write up a blog. I will do that in time. I might give it to Mickle to put on the strike point blog for, for uh, everyone. But what we can do is if we know who's asking for this IP address, rather than it being Jason, an individual, but it's a search engine, say it's Google.com that's asking for it, or Yahoo, or someone else, we may serve them up a different IP address. And that IP address would have the brand new website, the same content as it had before, but in a much more structured, friendly manner. So that when a person clicks on a result from a search engine, they'll end up at a different IP address, load balancing, shall we call it, so it doesn't look dodgy. But it, it means that the same content they'll end up with, but in a search engine-friendly manner, and the person still gets the full experience. Now, it's, it's slightly more technical than traditional uh, web-based web-based cloaking, but it's similar principles, but at a lower, a lower level of the IP infrastructure, rather than the application level of HTTP, is at the DNS level. Um, I've probably waffled lots about there and not explained it that well. And what if I get time, because I'm over in Poland at the moment, and I get lonely nights over here with just me and my Polish TV, which I don't understand very well, I'll try and type it up so, uh, and send it over to Mikkel to stick on a strike point blog, if that's okay with you, pal. Perfect. That would be perfect. Yeah, I think you know it. It, it is a tech, very technical uh, issue, and and doing DNS cloaking is definitely a, a bit more geeky than than doing traditional web-based cloaking. One thing uh, I'd like to understand is, uh, I guess you, you you need to operate your own DNS server to really uh, get this up and running. You do need to run your own DNS server. You do, and that's where it may not be mainstream enough for everybody to undertake. No. I'm using a um, a third-party DNS hosting, so I, I I manage my own domains and I and I point them to to this uh, uh, domain service and I set up my own domain records, um, and then what we're talking about, what you need to do DNS cloaking is you actually need to run 
a DNS server, which is a small program that sits on a server and handling your DNS records, um, you, you need to handle that uh, on your own to be, be able to implement uh, DNS cloaking. Hey, Mikkel, I'm just looking at a time, and you know what? Yet again, we've probably gone over, and uh, we've raised so many questions, and I've probably baffled loads of people with my funny English accent. Um, how are we doing for time? Are we over, or can we carry on? Yeah, we, we can, uh, you know, actually, Eddie was kind to us today, and he said, you know, you guys, you've been so nice that you can actually go on for a few more minutes, so. Oh, because Eddie, thank you so much. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie's a good we, guy. we will do that. And thank you, Mr. Intern, too. I don't know who Mr. Intern 2 is. Is that Eddie? Uh, actually, I'm not 100% sure. It could yeah, be the same guy. guy. We, we, yeah, it is the same guy. Eddie, thank you very <laughs> much indeed, pal. That's great. You know, uh, Eddie's, Eddie's got so many names, you know. Gimpy, if you can't understand me, you're just going to have to get on the phone yourself because you understand me often and well enough every time you phone me up during the day trying to solve your and that other person's car site problems. So that's what I can say to you, Mr. Gimp. Um, with the DNS stuff, I will try and write it up in as non-technical an way I can, but it is a technical thing. Um, so I apologise in advance um, for, for, for the problems. But it helps if you're an SEO company, I think, rather than maybe running your own site. Um, and you need to be quite technically aware. Um, also, I guess that, that uh, dealing on, on a DNS level uh, can really, really, really fuck up your website or websites that you have. Let me say, yeah, this is my one caveat. On your head be it, if you start playing with your DNS and you get it wrong, excuse my language, you're fucked. Absolutely, completely butt-fucked. And so butt-fucked, it's not like they're using KY, but they put crushed-up glass in it first. That's how butt-fucked you'll be if you get it wrong. So... The caveat, my warning is, if you don't know what you're doing, don't touch it. If you yeah. do know what you're doing, you get yourself a lot of flexibility in how and what you show to whoever you want to show to. Um, it's, it's one thing that can be used in an overall arsenal um, of search engine optimization. It's not, not something that I would recommend to any individual. It's something that you know may be there if the time and the project and the risk demands it. It's, it's like all of these things. It's nice knowing it's there. It's not something that you'd necessarily want to use every day. No, and I, but, but I, 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 it brings up an interesting uh, fact, and that, that is that um, dealing with the very low level of uh, lower levels of, of how the internet work, understanding DNS, understanding the TCP, IP, uh, understanding the very basic components of how the web works, can really help you um, both improve your own techniques for how you do SEO, but it can also help you um, understand how other sites might exploit you or how they uh, are, are, are abusing you in, 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 in ways to gain uh, 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 more visibility for themselves. So, so understanding all these uh, different levels of the Internet really helps a lot. And uh, there was actually, you know, a, a, just a quick sidestep uh, to, to this, um, an interesting story coming up uh, today about a new exploit found in movable type. And this is another good example of if you understand basic principles of, of how the web works, uh, post methods, uh, get methods, and how different things can be executed on different servers, 
you can you can exploit things. And I'm not saying you should exploit these things, but on the other hand, if you're running a movable type, my things there and just say that I'm sure that Webmaster Radio, myself as an individual, and you, Mikkel, do not, nor do we want to, um, uh, say that doing anything in a cross-site scripting manner, uh, SQL injection, HTML injection, is neither right nor proper. But if you do undertake it again on your own head, be it. That's the legal disclaimer out of the way. Please carry on, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the thing is, uh, uh, I think it's, it's... Why I want to point, it, point things like this out is that uh, you should, if you're running a Google type block, you should know about this stuff, so you can yeah. make sure that you upgrade to the proper version with the with the right protection. I think there is upgrades out there now uh, to protect yourself against this uh, particular exploit, but but these kind of things happens all the time, and if you don't if you don't understand how it works. How are you going to understand what your competitors might be doing, what uh, evil people might be doing to you and, and your websites? Um, so, so it's very good uh, practice to understand this. Also, sometimes in certain spaces, a very, uh, especially in very competitive spaces, you see sometimes websites that are just popping up, uh, getting top rankings for very competitive keywords, and you're like wondering, how the fuck are they doing this? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, assist in putting an end to stuff like that, but it will never end. It's only certain sections of the web and problems and things that will, will stop. There will always be a new problem, a new exploit, whether it be a movable type, whether it be a forum. I'll give you an example. Many years ago, I used to run a very, very popular forum out there, and it was at the peak, and this was year, many years ago, it was receiving over a million page impressions per day. It was big, and I had I backed away. I had no monetization. It was pure for fun and enjoyment. Um, I had to back away from that because business got in the way of fun. Um, but some friends carried on running it, and so on and so forth. I popped along um, about two weeks ago, and as soon as I loaded the URL, I got a damn executable file trying to be forced down my throat. They'd been hacked, and the reason they'd been hacked is exactly the same reason that we discussed here. They weren't technically yeah. savvy and aware enough to keep those upgrades and to fix those known problems. You need to be aware and subscribe to sites like Security Focus, PacketStorm.org, PacketStormSecurity.org. Look at those areas. If any of the software that you're using is off the shelf, check to see if there's an exploit, and more importantly, check to see if there's an upgrade. If you write or you have programs that write bespoke software for you, Keep in touch with those guys. Make sure that if you see unusual activity on your website, if there's problems, it, it, it's a risk. It's a risk, but those updates need to be need to be kept there. Because if you don't, you can lose it all and you can be abused. Um, but that is the nature of life itself. Yeah, and and I just want to post this uh, last year. Oh, it's a it's a it's a it's a site called Secunia. dot com. Uh, you yep. can search for all the the off the shelf software. And 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 the URL that I'm I'm posting in the chat secunia.com search slash search equals rebooting is a list of exploits for rebooting. And uh, if you're running a, a form on, on on that that system, go and have a look and and make sure that you you're upgraded and and you have all the exploits um, uh, uh, removed. And I've just put another URL there in there, which is packetstormsecurity.org. Very similar type site. What that does though is look for not only problems in sites, but where they become
become a real issue is when the so-called script kiddies get their hands on pre-packaged scripts to abuse stuff. If you haven't kept up to date with your updates, the time between an, uh, a problem being found and you being abused is probably somewhere between Secunia reporting about it and Packet Storm Security uh, saying that an exploit has been found in the wild. If you don't get fixed within that time scale, you will be stuffed sooner or later. And having said that, I think we're running out of time now, Jason. And um, I had a wonderful time with you, and I thank you very much for being able to jump in on uh, on this. You're day. very welcome. And to you and everyone else at Webmaster Way, Joanna, thank you for listening, and thank you for uh, having me again. Take care, guys. See you all next week. Bye-bye.